Hi everyone, welcome to the Man Patriot Podcast. My name is Dumo Denga and as always, I'm always pleased to have Nzuzo Kati. How are you doing, Nzuzo? Hey man, I'm good and you good. Uh, hi guys, Nzuzo back for another episode, another week. Uh, it's going to be an exciting episode. We're glad that you guys listened to the the one last week. Uh, it was great to have Pumlani Majozi on the on the podcast, and we hope that this one is going to be a great. We have a great guest, but before that, as always, the admin must be you know must be gone through the process of the admin must be gone through. So Tumo, take it away, man. So yeah, we, this is the most boring part of the show. So guys, as always, we always appreciate your support. If you want to support us, mm-hmm. just go to manpatriot.com forward slash support dash man patria you'll find the links in the description and also at the bottom of the screen you're going to see the names of all the people that support us so if you want your name to be there become a citizen and we'll put it there immediately on the next podcast oh, and even on the website there's yeah. really people on the at the bottom of the youtube yeah screen. i think oh. i did put it there if i didn't put it there then whoops i might have made an error yeah. somewhere if, but if you guys want us to you know hide your name that's fine uh you can just yeah. tell us and enough that you can, we can just uh communicate with you via Man, uh, Patreon, right? Yeah, yeah. Patreon. So, Let's just communicate you via that. But nonetheless, thank you guys for your contributions, for your donations, for everything that you guys are doing for us, pushing the the, the Man Patreon brand, as well as other podcasts as well. But nonetheless, let's create a bigger voice than what we have now. Let's yeah, let's keep pushing. All right, and one last thing um, with regards to supporting us, you guys can also um, share this podcast with your friends and family. So it's simple. Um, just. You know, click the share button wherever you are, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just share it. And then, or, yeah, and then on the webpage, you'll also find ways in which other ways you can support us as well. All right, then, Nzuzo, um, yeah, who man. do we have today? Um, also, just one more thing. Okay. I also want to uh, say that alternative media is a big thing. So, guys, you know, if um, if you guys also want to join us in, like, you know, some of the viewers also want to come in and give in your own type of alternative views. Just want to have a discussion with us, you know, get in touch with us via all the platforms that we're on. And then after that, we can have a discussion and see where that goes. But nonetheless, let's stop wasting our guests' time and let's stop wasting our viewers' time. Um, yeah, man, we have a conservative, someone that really, really loves his culture, yes. someone that really <laughs> pushes minority rights, someone that really uh, is, in my sense, you know, represents a, a culture which is truly African, no doubt about it. It has African in its name. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, we have Ernst Van Zell from, from Afi Forum. Uh, am I allowed to say from Afi Forum? Oh, yeah, are you no, just it's not, it's not an incognito thing. It's oh. pretty much out there. <laughs> okay, uh, Ernst Van Zell. It's not Ernst Roots, it's another <laughs> Ernst. Ernst Van Zell, um, young guy from Afi Forum. He's a conservative. But anyway, Ernst, thank you for, thank you for coming, man. Mm, no, thank you for having me on. No, um, that's great, man. That's the thing is we live in a time of labels where everyone has like a label. They say, oh, I'm a libertarian or I'm a left winger or I'm a mm. whatever. And I would say for me, um, I wouldn't say conservative, I would rather say a communitarian to an extent as I value, I'm fascinated by culture and I have a very strong connection to my culture and my identity in that regard. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a a liberal in the sense of that I think the, everything I view through the lens of just the individual, I I view the the world as a a community of communities, Mm -hmm. if you will. Ubuntu. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's essentially, Mm. yeah, that's essentially the concept. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so yeah. So that's, uh, that's, 
that's why I get to, into a lot of debate, for example, mm-hmm. with uh, people that lean more liberal, is the fact that I don't view everything as just uh, yeah. a collection of atoms or individuals, yeah. but rather communities that uh, interact mm-hmm. with each other, whether that be negative or positive mm-hmm. interaction. Ex- exactly, you know. And yeah, that's what I actually want to talk to you guys about. We've had an excellent discussion already yeah. off air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About I wish I saved that. Yeah, yeah. specifically, yeah, I think I a topic in... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Specifically a topic in South Africa that I think is uh, a lot of people I see talking about, and that's the value of culture and the role that culture plays in the modern South Africa. And as you said earlier in the 21st century, I mean, a lot of people see culture or tradition as something of the past, something that keeps old people back or something mm. that mm. Uh, stymies progress. But I, I couldn't mm. disagree more. And uh, if you have anything that you want to jump in with on that topic, uh, I think we can take it away. Yeah. So, what, so, what you, so your view is that um, cultures are important. I think the, Why do you say that? Yeah. Right. So I think culture is very important. I don't think it's the alpha and the omega. I don't think culture should trump everything. I yeah. do believe that uh, certain things should be, re- uh, should be retained and should, certain things should be uh, let go. Um, Paul Creer said, um, take from the past everything that is good and build the future on it. Yeah, so okay, I think yeah. that's what we can, as South Africans, do is you look at the past and you, and you evaluate what are the good things that our ancestors or the ones that came before us uh, discovered and the, thing, the mistakes that they made, let's learn from those mistakes and not make those mistakes again. So I do think the big uh, risk that you run when you look at culture and tradition is that you get stuck in nostalgia or thinking that everything of the past is good and nothing of modern society is good. And I think that would be the big mistake. I think the balance needs to come in where we need to determine what uh, what traditions from the past should be retained because of their role that they play in society and which ones are obviously outdated and are actually uh, doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, finish this thought just with a, a quote. I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote that says, uh, traditions are solutions to problems that we forgot we had. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a lot to to take in. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you know, uh, I agree. Yes, culture is something that we need to preserve, and uh, the good things in culture that mm. we need to preserve. And also, you know, it's 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 more it's more rich if you know in one country you have so many cultures because enough of that. You know, people are different, and you know, difference makes a uh, a big difference mm. in the society. You know, it's people from different uh, spheres of backgrounds, people from types of thinking you know need to come together but it's the problem when everyone wants to be or the elite want to create a homogeneous community where everyone is like thinking one way in a narrow-minded that that creates problems in its own in its own right um but like you said you know we need to obviously take you know remove the bad that's Mm. in cultures you know uh and um preserve the good in cultures Mm. so I think we should actually just jump into it. So now you guys, um, every forum, mm. um, are talking about minority rights, right. and you talk about the fact that minority rights, a democracy is, is is seen as strong if it protects its minority mm. communities. As so, please elaborate and expand, right. expand on that. So um, I'm going to to borrow some ideas from Flip Base. He wrote a book, uh, the the path to self management or the path to self governance, that really gives a blueprint to any community in South Africa if they want to become less dependent on government and more dependent on the community itself. And that community mm-hmm. can start looking after itself. And in that in that uh, book, he makes the, the argument that if you look at South Africa, there really isn't a dominant culture that is the majority. No single culture in South Africa is the majority. Mm-hmm. ANC somehow created the, the miracle of a broad church that I don't think anyone would have 
I think mm. a lot of people would have said, no, it's impossible. You can't unite mm. enough South Africans to create a majority faction, but they did. So, but that's a, a discussion right for another now, day. You know, it's breaking at the but seams. But now it's, yeah. Yeah. Now it's <laughs> showing yeah, some yeah, crack. Yeah, it was never going yeah, to last forever, stable, but yeah. that, it, that it was created in the first place, I think is something that's actually some type of political miracle. Mm -hmm. But he makes the point in that book where he says that if you look at South Africa, there's no dominant culture, but you have a dominant party. And in a democracy, in the end, it seems that uh, we, you mentioned it earlier, your constitution can guarantee minority rights, but if the constitution is, is not interpreted in a way, the, the person that interprets the constitution holds all the power. Yeah. So your constitution may say that this constitution protects minority rights, but if the person that is interpreting the constitution, whether that be a judge or a politician, if he does not see that uh, that as um, meaning that his mandate is to protect uh, the minority's rights, then he doesn't have to. For example, former President uh, Jacob Zuma saying in Parliament that, yes, I can't remember what context it was, but he was responding to someone that was talking about minority rights. And he said, yeah. um, you need to understand you are the minority and we are the majority. Therefore, we have more rights than you. That oh, is his yeah. almost direct quote. And that is the type of mentality that I think is doing a lot of damage in South Africa, that a lot of people see democracy just as a, a racial census almost, yeah. where uh, you, you divide people along lines of there's a white faction and a black faction and a colored faction and an Indian faction, and they have similar uh, interests and they will vote according to their interests. That is the view that is pushed in South Africa. But if you look closer, you'll see that it's actually much more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've talked to a lot of Americans where they think that South Africa is just this power struggle between whites and blacks and all black people think the same and all white people think the same. Mm -hmm. But that's where culture comes in. When you look at, for example, the white community, there's a big, big difference between me and Afrikaner and an English-speaking yeah, uh, white South African living in Rondebosch in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, and me coming from a rural Afrikaner community. Mm. Same um, with the Zulu. And, and the same uh, with yeah, Zulu. Yeah, uh, Zulu yeah. yeah, compare a, a, Zulu, a Zulu man with a Kwaza man. Yeah. You're going to get a big difference. And I think that's where culture, that's why culture is such an important topic. Okay. Is it, it creates those differences that actually make a difference. Yeah, um, there's one thing I wanted to mention with regards to democracy. Um, do you think that it creates some sort of mob rule? Because um, one thing that I've noticed is that now that we in a democracy and, and taking Zuma's uh, statement into account, yeah. it appears like as if uh, that democracy almost, um, it can validate even the most evil of actions from right. the majority. Right. So what do you think about that? No, that's a, I think that's not just a South African mm. dilemma. I think that's a dilemma across the world where yeah. people are starting to question whether, I mean, <laughs> you see it with Brexit, for example, yeah. or in America where mm. you have academics or journalists saying, no, the majority of people did not make the right choice. So therefore, democracy is flawed. And I think there is a, a question to be had there when you then look at South Africa. Is you, you get to a point where, what I can't remember who, someone coined the term the tyranny of the majority. Yeah. Where you have a majority group, that majority group maybe whatever, but let's say you get into the scenario, let's say there's a, a hypothetical country of uh, blue people and purple people, and the blue people are 70% and the purple people are 30%. Democratically, the 70% can vote to take all the, the assets and all the everything the other 30% have, and it would be a democratic choice. That's where the constitution would come in and say, no, you're not allowed to do this. Mm -hmm. But then the problem comes in that the 
people that are supposed to interpret the constitution sometimes align with the the ruling party or the ruling regime and they can interpret the constitution as they like mm -hmm. and that's where problems come in that the constitution can say whatever it wants about preserving the rights of minorities if the ruling regime does not want to interpret it that way then they can and the, it doesn't really affect their their democratic power or they're not going to be voted out because a minority can't exert that type of power to vote out the the majority, yeah. the, the ruling party, even if they all mobilize together. So That's now wait, uh, if I may, if I may ask, like mm. uh, begs a question, like from what you just said, like the whole both conversation that you just had mm. with Dumo, it, do you think that the ANC uses the, the the constitution in such a way in which they're trying to achieve a certain um, ideology that was also trying to be achieved by the apartheid government in which even if there's a majority there though those though the majority is excluded the minority still says that the majority must be excluded so even in now the the majority now is saying the minority must be excluded mm. but they have the constitution as they uh as they aficionada right. like you know yes you're allowed to do that you can vote even if you're even if what you want is so wrong that it's mm. it's, it's against human rights you, mm. uh, you can still vote so that you can actually um, commit human rights atrocities mm. and stuff like that. I think that's where the interesting thing comes in is that uh, it's, it's good that you, you draw the comparison between the previous regime and the current one because both of them were completely obsessed with centralizing state power and increasing state power. Yeah. Nowhere in the apartheid regimes, I don't know how many years, 1948 to 1994, right. anyway, yeah, no, yeah. nowhere in that span of time was state power decreased yeah. within that state within that period state power was only increased mm -hmm. that was their mission constantly and that's what you see with the anc now the anc has pretty Definitely. much just taken up that that mantle and doing the same mm -hmm. now i've never seen uh, anywhere since 1994 where the, the state has willingly given up power the only places where they've lost power is pretty much where they've um, pretty much uh, well, the court actually tells them that they should actually like yeah. when they're forced to lose yeah when yeah. they're forced to yeah. or where just something collapse like, collapses like for example SAA um, oh, if yes. that were to collapse that would be a decrease of state power but it wouldn't be them free yeah. free, uh, out of their free will doing it yeah, it yeah. My choice, so, so I think what we're seeing here is just the age-old problem of mm -hmm. uh, uh small ruling elite just trying to increase their state run uh, their state capacity in uh, oppressing a, mm -hmm. a group of people and this is the interesting thing is that a lot of people don't see it they don't see or for example when people say oh you're uh, you're Afrikaner I guess you want to go back to a part I'm like no I don't want to go back to a living <laughs> under a police state or yeah. a state yeah. that is pretty much just increasing its its power, power. and its uh, oppressive capability by every year and banning books and banning music and pretty much trying to micromanage every facet of my life. No, mm -hmm. that's the last place I want to go back to. Of course, yeah. And yeah. and I know we're going to speak about this in alternative media, but you off air you're talking about the importance of alternative media mm. and just like the apartheid government did with burning books, you know, jailing journalists, mm. you know, not allowing certain media to to cover to cover you know vote. Um, crime scenes and stuff like that. Mm. Same is happening, but in a different way, in which the regime now is pushing some narrative since the 90s in which, you know, PE, uh, minority rights are not as important as a majority. Mm. No, we have to correct the, the wrongs of the past. Mm. And, you know, you see this on social media and on, in the media in which mm. they push this thing without even noticing that they're pushing the same atrocities mm. that the apartheid government did. So in my question is that, um, is the 
or essentially is alternative media so important that it's so important to you know um, the blood of a, of a, of a community of any community, mm. whether it be a minority community or even a country? Do you think that it's important? Mm. That's the thing. That's where it comes in. Well, firstly, let's get to the alternative media part. The alternative media's role in the South African democracy will be to break that monopoly on the narrative. Where, for example, it, I think the a lot of media houses already have a lot of influence on them by the government, or probably uh, even more sinister or dubious things going on. Can't really prove any of it, but mm-hmm. if you look at what they're doing, it kind of seems like it. Mm-hmm. But then you need to start asking the question, but how do we counter that? How do we stop from our media just becoming pretty much the uh, the, mouthpiece. The, the mouthpiece of the party, as <laughs> yeah. you saw in the Soviet Union? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to create an alternative for people where you create alternative media like this podcast, like uh, mm-hmm. Renegade Report, like Germ Warfare, like people using YouTube to pretty much report on the news, do political analysis, mm-hmm. organize uh, politically or just communally. And that then segues into the next part is then breaking that media monopoly is the first one of the steps in terms of making South Africa more free or giving South Africa a fighting chance in the future. The other part of it is pretty much stopping the encroachment of government tyranny or stopping the encroachment of or the government taking away or chipping away a little bit more of your rights or mm-hmm. someone else's rights that might even not even affect you. That's where we need to start drawing the line. And the only way to do that is to organize in terms of a community, whether that community be uh, a cultural community or a physical community where a bunch of different cultures live or a linguistic community or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those communities need to start making themselves state-proof to an extent. They need to start uh, relying less on the state, stop being uh, uh, victims or stop uh, sucking on the tit of uh, the the government and Mm -hmm. start doing things themselves, little things. Mm -hmm. Start by, for example, organizing a neighborhood watch. If you have a crime problem in your community, start organizing an anti-crime watch where you volunteers actually help with people that have been affected by crime mm-hmm. uh, does your community have a, a water problem then organize and try and figure out a, a way to solve that try and uh, for example create a rain catchment system or help uh, people or support people that want to do that mm-hmm. little things you can do or for example let's say your your problem is not physical but rather cultural uh, let's say your community has a a beautiful building, a cultural building that's falling apart, but it's the government's uh, responsibility to um, maintain, that. maintain that building and they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, then start uh, gathering people together and start getting a little bit of money from those people, 10 Rand, 20 Rand, and yeah. start actually painting the building, maintaining it yourselves. Um, that's pretty much the the concept behind AfriForum is that we have 235,000 members, but we don't have like Anton Rupert or someone giving us like a billion rand every okay, month. Yeah. We It's regular people giving us 50 mm-hmm. rand, 20 rand, 100 rand from their, from their hard-earned money. And then when that gets pulled together, you can actually achieve amazing things, uh, more than that individual could have done with just his little uh, 25 rand contribution he does every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about uh, media, got to mm-hmm. say the Media has been hot on the heels of AfriForum, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I, every. I remember the one time when I was running with ZACP. I was actually on a mm. uh, show on uh, SAB, uh, SAB, SAFM, sorry. And then the, the the guy that was interviewing, he was phoning. He phoned Aaron Roots, and he was actually uh, in New York. I think mm. Roots was in New York that time, or in America. Not sure where, but. I listened to the interview, and it, it, it seems to me that the media has this narrative. 
um, against Afri Forum. So they tried to, um, what I've seen, what they try to do is they will say something along the lines of that, you guys are pushing white genocide yeah. or something like that. And then that constantly gets dispelled. And then, but for me, it almost seems like that the media already has like a set agenda or has a view of Afri Forum and it's, and it's evident in the questions that they ask. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, how do you guys dispel this? And what do you have to say about white genocide? Well, uh, let's uh, start with the easy one. Uh, there's not a white genocide in South Africa. I think that's okay. the, the, the pretty much the most obvious thing you can find. I mean, if you Google, um, what's the, be- the easiest? Okay, if you Google uh, Afri Forum, white supremacy or white nationalism, the first result you will get all within the top three results would be Aaron Zarutz's opinion piece that he wrote for Politics Web on Afri Forum's rejection of white nationalism or any type of <laughs> yeah. these types of conspiracy yeah. theories. <laughs> Sorry and to it's interrupt, a, mm. but when you say that, it just reminds me of that guy from Newsroom Africa when he's like with that Google thing about from <laughs> oh. I was about to say no. It can fits you please so Google well that? with the point that you started the conversation yeah. with. Where <laughs> there is that bias, and exactly. Adam's sitting there as well. I can Google it right now on my tablet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, man. Continue. Yeah. No, man. But it's yeah. It's you want to believe that it's just incompetence, but then it's like some ro- of yeah, it's like they actually planned this. Yeah, it's, it's like robots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want the, the the optimist in me wants to believe that they just they just Stupid. very uninformed and yeah. ignorant. But then you start seeing, but when you confront them with the counter evidence, they don't accept it. And then, for example, when you prove them wrong in one interview, like Aaron's Roots has talked to uh, the same interviewer more than once, for example. Then you'll prove him wrong, for example, in the first time he talks to him that no, AfriForum's not pushing this uh, genocide conspiracy theory. And then in the next interview, a few months later, the guy Ask confronts him again about it as if he just reset. <laughs> and that's what, that's what makes me worried is that I, it, it does appear, and I can't prove it, but it does appear that there's, there seems to be more plan. malice than just ignorance driving this. And you could see it, for example, in uh, what was that other? Yeah, for example, you see headlines like um, from The Citizen, um, Aaron Sarutz has a PhD in being a doer. Like mm. that, that is, I mean, in English or in other cultures, doer is not a very like derogatory term, but in Afrikaans, that's a very derogatory okay. term. That's not right. something you just use in, in public. And this is a, a journalist using it in his headline. Mm-hmm. Or, for example, um, uh, what was that other one? Yeah, there was another one. So well, maybe maybe rather than naming examples, I think the interesting thing is how journalists have figured out that people don't read the articles, they just read headlines, mm-hmm. they yeah. share headlines. So they make this outrageous headline and people share it. And then when you confront them and say, but that's not what the article says, uh, then you realize, well, wait, they didn't read the article. They just shared the, the headline. You saw it with the, the ZACP as well, now that you brought it up. There was this one headline as well where Roman just replied to a random person on Twitter and said, like, get, get fucked or something like yeah. that. And then the headline was a Roman Kabanak uh, member of the ZACP or like higher up in the ZACP calls critic or tells critic to F off. <laughs> like, yeah. This cannot be just ignorance. This is borderline malicious. Yeah, like this yeah. is smearing a person. Yeah. This is in the headline. But it's also like share that bad headline. journalism, like using yeah. Twitter as your as your as your news feed yeah. something that you report saying that's just bad journalism at yeah. its finest i mean like twitter what is twitter like twitter is just a people a lot of people just saying all types of nonsense yeah. and stuff mm. like that but you can still use that as your headline it's just yeah you shouldn't even be in the media space no. it should but they've also created a good uh 
a very like uh, a perception about you in which it's so hard for you guys to actually just brush it off like i heard an interview um with um uh, who's your uh, CEO? I forgot his uh, name. Kali Kriu. Yes, on Power FM. And Kali was having a debate with one of his one of those political analysts. Mm. Oh, that guy that you wanted to host the debate. With about to Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. The debating master. <laughs> yeah, no, just debating a master. quick point on that, seeing as now he's, he's chickened out. Mm. I just find it funny that the, the, the I can debate anyone, anytime, anywhere crowd is struggling to debate anyone, anytime, yes, anywhere. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, mighty yeah. Jamie. But look, here it is, man. Here's the setting right here. It's yeah, very neutral, man. man. Please come, man. Just, just come, come listen. Unless the microphones have some bias that I, I you know, do. I think you want to. I'm still here to find out. Like, bruh. And it's just like, it's it's annoying. And also, just sad it's pitiful that you're gonna keep on trying to just deflect <laughs> and deflect yeah. just say no you're wrong bro just yeah. that's, that's <laughs> easy. let's get over it and just move no. on but nonetheless he was having a debate with Kali yeah. and Kali was just trying to obviously like um, debunk all the myths yeah. about the white genocide yeah. and everything but in his debate this guy it was he kept on he kept on using perception to his advantage so right. he's saying that you guys yes it's far murders but the way you promoted it is it's such in, in such a way which it's white genocide. Yeah. Kali then says that no, it wasn't actually us, it was yeah. the media in America that said that. We yeah. just said that there was a lot of farm murders that are not mm. getting the much needed coverage by the government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but they keep on pushing that narrative. Mm. And then after it, what made it worse is when callers started calling in. I don't know if it was also with the Kali Kru, but it was also when mm. uh, callers just started like being so frantic and yeah. essentially crying. And I was like, how could you? It was in terms of the apartheid flag thing. Yeah. And it was like, how could you guys? Yeah, yeah. But do you guys want to go back to apartheid? And this guy <laughs> literally sounded like he was crying over yeah. the phone. And it sounds like, it sounds like they, uh, they're so good at putting you guys in the in, in, in the in the in the, um, the 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 enemy type of seat. Yeah, like yeah. They want you guys to be the enemy in so yeah. much. And so, how do you guys just keep on going, and how do you guys keep on just pushing forward without having necessarily, well, you know, uh, give these guys coverage? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think uh, that's pretty much the thing that a lot of people ask us is that like, how do you keep going on when the, you just have this constant barrage of critiques yeah. and lies and stuff mm-hmm. thrown at you? And my answer and the answer I've heard from uh, Kali and from Aaron's as well is that uh, someone has to do it. Someone has to say something. Someone has to stand up for the causes that they believe in. And if we don't do it, then then nobody else is going to. So we are setting an example that we're walking into the fire and pretty much saying that we are willing to make the sacrifice or sacrifice risking um, having Mm -hmm. our characters or our um, names tarnished but we are willing to risk that for the cause that we believe in and we hopefully can inspire other people to then do it mm-hmm. but then you get to this point where um, when you look at for example uh, what Afri Forum does is that if you talk to people on the ground you realize that their opinions don't really match the opinions that you get on Twitter or on social yeah, media course, yeah, yeah, I've met definitely. so many people from all walks of life say yo that's so great what you're doing there what you're doing there mm-hmm. for example <laughs> uh, one thing that happened was uh, we were in court with BLF and there's this one there was this the, this one lady that's in charge of like keeping order in the court she needs to make sure everyone is oh, quite nice and quiet yeah, and says, yeah, court, says yeah. where they need to <clears throat> and BLF made like a big scene there and uh, she broke it up and then we went outside of the court and while we were standing me and Ernst and our lawyer uh, Mark Oppenheimer 
this woman uh, that is in charge of like keeping order and everything mm-hmm. comes up to to Ernst and just asks can I take a picture with you because I want to send it to my son because he is a big he was a big fan of Senzumayua and he saw what you guys are doing to help oh. with that case so I just want to send him that picture because he <laughs> oh. thinks you guys are doing a great job oh. and I realized yes man he's just a regular person like no, this is not the type of rhetoric you see online this is just a regular person being showing gratitude to some uh, some one of our campaigns of something that we're oh, doing. And, and another thing, talking about um, court cases, mm. there was an incident where a, a black guy's form was invaded. Um, yeah. yeah are, are you, can and you tell us actually, that story? Yeah, um, so this was long ago, and I, that was before I worked at Afri Forum, but from what I remember from that case is he had a land invasion in, on his farm, and the government said, like, we can't do anything, like, you're pretty much stuck in this situation. And uh, he contacted Afri Forum and we said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll look at the case. And then we did. And he's like, no, he actually has a lot of grounds in terms of his side of the story. And we supported him in that case. And we actually got, uh, from what I can remember, we got the people uh, off, off, off his land and he got his farm back. Yeah, but I, I don't know what, what was going through his mind. Eh? I mean, because now, the, you know, the perception will be like, why did he call Afri Forum? Yeah. yeah Based well, on the media perception. But I think. Well, the government let him down. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you contact? Yeah, and you that's, contact? that's yeah. where a lot of the, the mm. cases we get is just people, and this is from people from all cultures and backgrounds. It's like they first go to the official channels, like going to government or the police or any thing and then they just get let down and they people don't help them and then they say well fuck man i mean like afri forums like they say they help the people with uh, these types of issues the the media say otherwise but you might might as well try and then they do and then they realize wait these people actually they're helping us and they're willing to help us yeah and then you get cases like that where you get uh, Afri Forum doing exactly the opposite of what the, the media or critics actually say we do. We um, there was another one uh, that actually also goes counter narrative is there was a school in Nkandla that uh, the government was supposed to build and they weren't building it. And then Afri Forum actually intervened and got the, a court to order the government to finish that school in Nkandla. And there's no Afrikaners or white people living in that town. Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty much just out of principle for civil rights, basically, that we did. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I mean, so like uh, with these uh, farm invasions and stuff like that, mm. how, how big is it? Is it getting, is it still like, is the, the, the amount of cases that are happening, do they still skyrocket? Do they, mm. Are they still increasing or do they have to die down now? Um, unfortunately, I don't work in uh, safety or the security department, so I don't have all these numbers. I okay. can only go on what I see. And from what I see, it's not like there's not a rocketing number of it, but it's also not the narrative that Sir Ramaphosa is saying that there's no land grabs oh, go happening go. in South Africa. It is definitely a phenomenon that occurs much more frequently than reported, but it's also not something that is like, getting at Zimbabwe levels. Um, we, we actually are, there's still a lot of cooperation from uh, official like uh, police um, helping and uh, keeping law and order is still pretty much the way at, at, at sufficient levels. But uh, we'll see uh, what happens after EWC and things might change. But it's, at the moment, it's under control. It's not, um, uh, it's not at a complete loss of law and order yet. And then what are your views on this uh, expropriation of land without? What is Afri Forum's views and your views mm-hmm. on this? Uh, well, we see it for what it is and that it's one of the biggest threats to the South African economy and the South African uh, way of life, uh, I think, in the past uh, 25 years. And it pretty much, it, it 
it is the next step in the NDR, which I think you and your listeners are yeah. pretty much you uh, mind well explaining aware that as well. So the National Democratic Revolution is pretty much the, the old archaic ANC's uh, mission to turn South Africa into a socialist utopia uh, that they borrowed from the Soviets. But the ir- irony is the Soviets abandoned the NDR long ago. Yeah. They realized that this, this idea of creating a socialist or a communist utopia is not it's not going to work so it's they impossible. abandoned it but the ANC it's a relic within the ANC still yeah. more, mostly from the South African Communist Party uh, driving it and so according to the NDR the next step would be to gain control of every facet of society so that would be healthcare, which they're going to try and achieve through NHI and con- total control of all land which they're going to try and uh, achieve through EWC and we see it for what it is. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not what the average South African wants. The average South African from the polling we see wants a reduction in crime. Well, no, let's go in order. Firstly, wants more jobs. There needs to be yeah. jobs created. We can't have a 30% unemployment rate. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Secondly, and this is connected to creating jobs, is better education, actually fix, fixing our education system that is completely dysfunctional. According to even our former Minister of Education, in her own words, our education system is dysfunctional. And then thirdly is crime, is we need to solve crime. The average South African does not want their son or daughter murdered or robbed or raped in, mm-hmm. in their life. So, and I think we're one of the countries where that's a very serious risk relatively to other countries, even some of our African neighbors. So those three problems are not going to be addressed by EWC. And I mean, uh, a lot of the polling show that people, that the average South African doesn't even think that uh, land should be the big issue. The big issue should be fixing those three top problems. So I don't think there's any way to, from my perspective or AfriForum's perspective, to justify EWC. And we think it's a, comp- it's just a political tool. Um, you'll see that every country where it's been tried or in this manner been tried where they say there's going to be an expropriation of land without compensation it comes from a party that's being politically threatened or a party that's losing support that is like their last hail mary to hold on to power it happened in zimbabwe happened in the ivory coast it happened in yes there was there was another country uh, venezuela Uh, well i know this because i'm uh, i did my honors in political science on on property rights where they were violated and expropriation actually happened and in all the, these four cases, and this is just what I can name off the top of my head, mm-hmm. always, as soon as the ruling party started losing support, suddenly the land debate comes mm-hmm. in again. They say, well, there's a minority group, whether that be a, a, a social class or a racial group or a linguistic or cultural group, there's a small minority that own most of the land. We're going to take it from them and redistribute it. Oh. Every time it's the same narrative and every time the same consequences. It's actually happening yeah. in Namibia, economist from Namibia, right. I, forgot, I forgot his name, but... Uh, I forgot that the ruling party of the Namibian government is, but nonetheless, they lost a lot of um, votes in the previous election. Yes. And so they started putting on the table expropriation without compensation mm. so that then after they can gain more votes, yeah. especially from the youth, who's a, the youth, yeah, the youth unemployment there is bad. Yes. But like uh, Ernst is saying, like, you know, it's always those type of governments, those type of situations where, in which the government does its last Hail Mary, mm. in which it's trying to get more power so that it can get more votes. Yeah. And, and that's that's an interesting observation. Eh? Like yeah. I mean, now you, actually, you mentioned actually, Namibia. Yeah, I actually didn't think sure. of it like that. Sure, I didn't. But, yeah, yeah, in Namibia, it's actually happening like that. It's they last. It's always they last him. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously, and another thing, you know, when you talk about the NDR, one thing you must listen to in to these governments is when they say our people. 
Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, people. <laughs> they always use you don't, that you don't speak term. for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they always use that term as especially liberta- liberation movements. They say our people, so they think that they're representation mm. of the people that they govern over, which yeah. is obviously false. But that's the thing is, a lot of people would think, or oh, if you're not very familiar with South African politics, when they say our people, they're talking about black South Africans, but they're yeah. not. They're talking about ANC voters. They're yeah. talking about those that are loyal to the party. Exactly, that is exactly. what they talk about when they say our people, and that's mm. what makes it so even more worrying. Mm-hmm. And and the scary thing is that when they say our people is that it's such a lie. Like you say, it's only NC voters. Mm-hmm. Once they actually implement EWC, it's going to be a case of if I don't like you and if you're not a ANC voter, mm-hmm. you are most likely going to have your land taken away from me because yeah. you don't align with my, my policies, yeah. who I am. And because that's the best way I can destroy your life, mm-hmm. let me do that. So that's another thing about EWC that needs to yeah. be uh much more cov- uh, covered by bloody uh, mainstream media. Mm. They need to be obviously stop thinking about e- expropriation in our conversation in the sense that it's going to correct the, the injustice of the past, mm. in which that's just nonsense. And yeah. so from our political analyst, um, Mighty, that was supposed to come onto the <laughs> show, he kept on... Um, pushing the narrative that EWC, if you're against EWC, you're against black people getting justice for the land. Nah, nah, that, that's, uh, oh man, like, that, that, you know, it, it, it's funny that he says that because he's from Zim. Yeah, <laughs> he's from Zim. Like, and then it's, I, I don't know if it's true, but the Zim government now wanted to compensate some of these white farms. I don't know yeah. if it's, it, I don't know if that's a true story. I also heard something like yeah. that, but mm-hmm. I unfortunately can't now, confirm it. I remember, and, he, and, and I remember on Twitter, I probably might delete this after we're hearing it, but <laughs> I'm going to screen grab it. So, so he like when they he shared that article and said oh it was all for nothing i'm like dude like this the unemployment rates like at 70 percent people mm. are moving to south africa like has that no, like the unemployment is a 90 percent percent inflation is like over five hundred thousand. Yeah. No, the, 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 the inflation that you see in the books but we don't know what the real inflation is but yeah. nonetheless it's bad in that they country. stopped counting off yeah, like, like, <laughs> it's bad bro it's just bad currently, yeah. uh, i think i reported this last was Two weeks back, in yeah. which um, now they're on the last, they're on the last month of May's yeah. meal. Like they really, lo- they don't have no food no. in Zimbabwe. But and that's the that's the tragic thing is that the the people suffering at the moment, or in the end, are the normal people, not the politicians nah, or the, no. the people yeah, that brought the, the policies elites, into the, play. The elites are the ones that oh, that just yeah. brought their rhetoric, but they don't yeah. understand. And it's crazy because this mighty guy, you have an LOP degree, don't you understand the, how the law works? No, the, how the law works. You see, I think like, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think it's just, I think one thing I've noticed right about folks not, and and we had this discussion before where. They know the law, but they can't think critically yeah. because, or, or, like, they, they can't see the implication of something. Yeah. Like and really, because like, yeah. they, they're blinded by the idea of justice. Yeah. Yeah, you're when, saying, sorry. When we were having a discussion with Jimmy, mm-hmm. and I was telling him, uh, and then I was telling him about the fact that you know PE does not necessarily work and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, and then I also mentioned the fact that the best way to uplift people is remove regulations that are just. Mm-hmm. It's mm. just artificial. Like the sandwich guy now that sells oh. sandwiches in Joburg and now his stock yeah, was taken like, from him. Like, dude, uh, like <laughs> that's exactly that's how regulations destroy people's yeah. lives. They say he needed a license to sell food. food. I was like, <laughs> what, what the hell is that? Bro, like, just now they walk in here, sorry, you don't have a radio license. Yeah. Dude, yes, exactly. Like <laughs> Can you understand how these regulations, these laws work to oh. the detriment of people that are yeah. poor? Like, you don't understand, and that's the thing. This like, guy went from nothing, and he's this inspirational story, and the government's like, no, you can't, yeah, you like, can't no, be that prosperous. You can't be selling food now. <laughs> like, dude, like, how could you do that? And you, how could you not see that? This, and it's the same, yeah. same thing with EWC. How could you not... 
Firstly, also, you have a misunderstanding of history. You go back to history and how many okay. times the land expropriation has occurred, mm. particularly to black people, also to Afrikaners mm. as well, but necessary, but also black people via where after the Union of South Africa. Mm. It happened in 1913 with the Land mm. Native Act, and it also happened with Groupiers Act in apartheid time, mm. where you just wake up in the morning and you see like a bulldozer outside your house mm. and it just knocks down your house sure. and they tell you go back to wherever they're putting black people yeah. and it's the same thing it's the same it's the same concept maybe they won't tell you to go back somewhere but they will just remove all rights that you have with your property mm. and it's also shocking that uh i don't know if you've heard but like some of these business these businesses i actually think that it's gonna uh it's it's fine if ewc happens yeah they yeah. think if they feed the crocodile it's gonna eat them, not gonna eat yeah. them, but it's just gonna eat them lost <laughs> it's gonna eat them lost <laughs> and do you think you really think that people are gonna still pay their debts if they don't even own those if they don't exactly, own exactly. like well, one thing that i've noticed is that like from what i've seen the news especially when they speak about it they're so neutral about it. They, mm. they, 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 like, there's no opinion about it. Oh, this EWC, it's a big topic. They're trying you know, to object. Yeah, they, <laughs> nah, come on. But when, but, but when AfriForum comes on, with, like, <laughs> bruh, they yeah. whoop them up, bruh. But, yeah. but, but it's not the, even just the news. You see it from the DA as well. Like when Adams Roots was in the parliament and he was talking there and he did his presentation on, on in, about EWC and about how it will fail and why yeah. we can't support this, the DA MP told him, I cannot agree with anything that you said in this, in this presentation. Yeah. And, now, like, well, this is pretty much you are just too ashamed that you don't. You just want to avoid being seen in public agreeing with everyone. Yeah, yeah the, 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 that's the thing. It's more. It's yeah. it's more of a because she could see the headlines yeah. already if she was agreeing with him. Yes, Aaron's. Uh, I might not agree with your. your Did anyone your, agree with Aaron's? No. But that's <laughs> the thing. They just jumped on the bandwagon, and oh, if if, uh, yeah. if she had said, "Now, I I'm not a member of Afri Forum. I do not support what you do, but I do agree with the facts and evidence that you presented today." Dude. Just with that, that would have been fine. But then the next day, the headlines would have come out DA allies with yeah, 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 yeah. They, whatever they know mm-hmm. how, how crazy the media is and I, and I mean I won't lie I mean that, I think that's where we saw the best of Aaron's roots I won't lie he, <laughs> yeah. he really now hammered for, them when he told for. the ANC that they're drunk on ideology yeah. and, and then all, 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 the, all the funny part was when um, the time I said that the, the straw man with yeah. the straw man yeah. incident yeah. 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 that, that was so man. funny <laughs> like the way he said it like they, it's like no that's I wasn't making that argument that's a straw man hey you racist don't call us straw man I was finished bro. I was like when I heard this I'm like this is an MP earning two million bucks like a year yeah. he doesn't even know what a straw man is Dude. like I know I, I was shocked but this is the level no, of, of yeah. people that we have that are, that are making laws in the country Mm. No, but also and like, yeah. shock when also like, like on media, like yeah. for me, how how the, it's just hard for them to critically, like you say, critically think about something when in terms of the apartheid flag, mm. when um, Ernst was uh, Ernst Roots was kept on saying, no, I'm not a, a supporter yeah. of, of the flag, yeah. Yeah. I'm just a supporter of freedom of expression, yeah. Yeah. and then after that. They answer the, they ask the same the same question a different way. Yeah. So you're supporting white supremacy and yeah. going back up. And he's like, no. And then after that, dude, it's like But all these guys are psychic, they can read your mind. Yeah. They know you're lying. It's <laughs> like it's like why am I even here? Exactly. Why? <laughs> you yeah. can see what they try to do. It's like mm. here's the objective, guys. Just make him look like a white supremacist, yeah. and he dodges every bullet. And then once, and then once they're out of ammo, it's yeah, just so like, it's like well, you know what? Yeah, actually, yes, exactly. That's exactly what. Like, screw you. <laughs> and the thing is that you know what's even funny? It's like also in another, in a, in some some way or form, it's like they try not to be looking 
ignorant and yeah. uninformed. Yeah. But the more they speak, it's just like, mm. wow. And you know, like, can you just come up with some more uh, yeah. coherent arguments as to why you don't like Aaron's rules? Then, oh, why you don't like the party flag or blah, blah, yeah. blah, whatever it may be. But exactly. like, this makes sense. You know, don't don't ask the same question again and again yeah, and but, again. And, and, and it's frustrating for me to even see this. And the thing is that now on like social media, and I don't think the, the, the news realize this, that if once they put that clip up on social yeah. media, there are meme lords out there <laughs> who are going to meme the living daylight like out the, of this the thing. Markup Media that does the Thug Life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thug Life really Exactly. So. <laughs> so if you make yourself look like an idiot on TV, you're going to be meme the, the living daylight yeah, out of it. Dude. Mm. But they don't, they don't see that. But anyway. Yeah. But also, like, you know, uh, with the, like, you guys were speaking about how NHI is just another way of uh, mm. in, the ANC just pushing its NDR narrative. Mm. And also, but they still, people don't still understand that, you know, um, the media and you know these um, yeah. SJWs they necess- don't necessarily understand how bad yeah. this NHI they think yeah. that just because now you're gonna force the private healthcare to give yeah. you know healthcare to very poor people it'll make it more yeah. it'll be, make, make a difference but that's the thing is that when you, you ask for example but why do you do what you do it's like let's take let's take those three things let's take um, EWC uh, farm murders and uh, the old flag two or three of our big campaigns take, and take me for example on the f- old flag, I don't own an old flag. I wasn't born under apartheid. I have no, I didn't vote under that flag. I didn't fight under it. I have yeah. no connection to it. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I'm completely neutral on it, seeing as I have no experience with it. Mm-hmm. But I still oppose the, the, the banning of it, even though I have, it wouldn't affect me in any way. It's not like I wave it around or anything. Secondly, farm murders. I'm not a farm. I don't live on a farm. No. But I still try and spread awareness about it. Thirdly, um, EWC, I rent my place, man. I don't own any land. Yeah. So it's not going to affect me again, like directly, mm-hmm. but I can see the bigger picture and where it is going. So you can see, and, you, and this is just three examples. With every one of these things, you can see that it's not out of personal gain that you are doing this. You are doing it because you see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for example, all three of those things I feel very passionately about, even though if they, if I did not resist them, it would not affect me directly in the beginning, but I can see the bigger picture where it's going to lead. Mm-hmm. And a good good example of this was I did a debate on YFM when this whole- um, Wow, uh, YFM has debates. YFM, they put you on. <laughs> yeah. No, YFM has debates. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there was a panel, it was on the old every flag, t- the banning of the old flag. Music. Every time I'm YFM, it's either hip hop, boom, or what's the other one now? The, the, a piano. I'm a piano, yeah. <laughs> No man, they, they it seems debates. like they it oh, seems wow. like they're branching out now. Oh, but yeah, uh, I was on a debate there when the old flag was a hot topic, and we were debating whether it should be banned. Mm-hmm. And I was debating there on the, on the panel with a, a guy. He was a student leader or somewhere at Vitz, I think. And I I'm made the, the yes, I can't remember his name. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, no, we just we just we just, we just name dropping. <laughs> <just name-dropping. laughs> yeah, so I um, made the ridiculous example and said, well. Once you ban the flag, what are you going to ban next? What the Union Jack because of colonialism, like a flag that is still used today and every mm-hmm. white girl has on her phone cover. Mm-hmm. You're going to ban that. And then the guy on the panel said, deadpan, yes, that is the next thing we will do. Oh. We will use this as the stepping stone 
to ban that flag. Yeah. And I yeah. was just sitting there. I'm like, yes, man, you're on air. You know this. Like, revealing <laughs> 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 your agenda here. And I'm not even, I'm making a ridiculous example. And he's like, yes, that's exactly yeah, what that's you want to do. That's <laughs> like, yo, they're power hungry. These, these kids, like these yeah. student leaders. Yeah. And they're, yeah. And they're like, no, logic, does, logic is non existent. Nah. They probably say it's too colonialism. Yeah. It's too colonial for them anyway. Superior logic, my yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> superior logic. Superior logic. That's the yeah. most important thing you need to understand from this. And it's crazy how they just they just go off like you can even like you say like you know we will we will ban it like there's no critical thinking that's happening yeah. they just say this is doing yeah. it for clicks i don't even understand why they brought that guy but nonetheless <laughs> I, th- I think it's because of um they wanted to get um listeners because oh. they love the control they love the controversy it's yeah. like it's like even with like when they have these religious debates they always bring a baptist preacher well, and a scientist and now that you, now that you, you say know. it uh, there's a one tv channel i'm not going to say who it is um <laughs> okay. that that has afri forum on quite often i always go with when Adam Stutz does an interview, sometimes invites me along just to come listen, or yeah. can can we can talk on the way there and bounce some ideas. And one producer there at that TV show, ah, oh, Afri Forum's in the building. Now we're going to get the views. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because they know it's going to be yeah. heat. Wow, <laughs> swear. You know, I want to just make one comment, right? Um, mm. About this hail mary yeah, that yeah. these guys use with regards to the land debates, right? And and I, and, I, and I'm just trying to draw a parallel to not only land, but in the in the in the in the international community, mm. um, there's this whole thing about inequality, mm. and then they, they also use the same type of language, like it's the one percent versus the ninety nine percent, and um, and it seems to me that like it also seems like a last ditch effort because now I mean if you saw with Brexit, the, the whole immigration thing, which I think was a which I feel right, not Brexit itself, but what led up to it, I felt that. Uh, that what countries are trying to do is bring a lot of third world people in so that they could vote for the socialist um, parties. Well, not just even that, yeah. there's corporate interest there as well, there's cheap labor. Cheap labor, exactly, yeah. look at that. So, and and I felt that like, you know, this whole inequality in- incident is, is, is also um, like even Oxfam and all these organizations, mm. I think it's also this large dis- ditch effort because I've seen people like, they, don't even, they can't even name one billionaire yeah, <laughs> they can't even name, but they'll say, "Hey, we need to get that money. We need that money," and like, and now it's in the minds of people now. And I, and I'm just worried because now, it almost seems like as if like, the, the, what, what these guys have um, been doing for a long time is vilifying people mm. who are productive, and then and and history has shown us many mm. times that when you do that. You kick the productive people out. They go somewhere else. They start continue. They make money again, and then the guys, and then the place where they left, it becomes worse off than mm. before. I mean, you saw Uganda mm. with Ada Idi Amin, and then Zimbabwe. there was yeah. Zimbabwe, brilliant example. Yeah. Then there was um, the Jewish guys in Spain. Yeah. Then there was also the the rich people in um, Vietnam. It, you know, it, it, there's so many examples. Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, Soviet, uh, look, Soviet look at Union, that. Yeah. But then people just don't see it. Like they, they, I just feel in my opinion that it, it seems like on the ideological perspective that mm. the Hail Mary seems to be working, especially on the mm. inequality debate. But it's, a, it's also interesting how you name all those examples. Yeah. Two examples that people often name in terms of where land reform or this type of land reform was successful, mm. where land was expropriated en masse and redistributed is Taiwan and South Korea. Now, what I find interesting there is that those two countries, it was a success because they actually gave more than the the, the amount that those that land was worth in compensation to those landlords. Oh, they okay. said, just take the money and all those people went and became industrialists and entrepreneurs and went into the private sector. 
So, so you actually no EWC. So no, just, <laughs> it was just it was land reform. Oh, so okay, okay. when you talk about land reform, people think it's the same as EWC, yeah. but it's not. It's a very broad term. What so, happened there was okay. land reform. They redistributed the land, the land more equally and actually helped the the the, the economies in that in that case. Mm-hmm. But it was because they didn't just take people's land for nothing or for ten percent of the value. They took it for one hundred and ten or one hundred and fifty percent of the value oh. and just gave those landlords a lot of money and said. Go be an industrialist, start a business. Yeah, do something, yeah. but, just, but you have you have hand. a you have a life raft now of, of financial compensation. So you are not you're not going to be on the streets. You wow, can go yeah. do something else with it. And it was a big success actually in in wow. South Korea and Thailand. South Africa's then poor. why did we do that? Because we broke. <laughs> yeah. like we have three children right debt. There's no I, way in hell that we can k- compensate people. These kadas. Oh yeah, like yeah. kadas. Yeah. But uh, just back to like some of the topics that we were mm, speaking sorry, about. Right. Um, the Afriform um, report, the yes. world must know. Mm. Um, you guys went on a whole press conference telling the South African media and everyone in South Africa that now you're going to go internationally with the report saying that, right. you know, minority rights are at risk. The interpretation of constitution, it's very just detrimental to minority communities, EWC. So, like, just take us on a broad, um, just take, give us a brief understanding of mm. the report itself. So I was one of the, the co-authors of the report, mm-hmm. but the, the thing about this report is it's not like our first option. Our first option was firstly to talk to the, the government and parliament mm-hmm. and try and solve things domestically, mm-hmm. solve things within South Africa. Um, but we didn't get any response. We wrote, for example, on farm murders, you wrote a letter to parliament and asked if we can do a presentation in parliament on it. They said they'll get back to us. It's been more than a year now. We didn't hear anything back. Mm-hmm. After Sir Ramaphosa said there was no farm murders in South Africa, no land grabs, we wrote an open letter to the president and said we'd like to talk talk to him and just make sure that uh, we he gets his facts straight and we can actually get somewhere to the truth. And we don't believe he's malicious in his in his uh, what he said. Mm-hmm. Didn't get a response from him. So then we've done countless other similar things where we've asked the ANC for dialogue, asked within South Africa, let's talk about this, let's solve this problem. As South Africans, we didn't get any response. They're like, okay, fine. Well, if, yeah. if you don't want to talk to us, we will go talk to the international community. Immediately we get a response. No, 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 you can't do that. Oh, really? So when we, <laughs> yeah. when we want to talk to you, you know, we just get two blue tick marks and we get no response back. But as soon as you say, okay, I'm going to go on a date with this yeah, other yeah. girl, then suddenly you you're like, who's this girl? What? No. Yeah, yeah. Then you get all the pings, man. Yeah. And so this is what happened. And we've been now, we've written this report on minority rights in South Africa pretty much outlining since 1994 to now how different minority groups in South Africa, how their rights have been uh, affected negatively in certain ways from state intervention. And we've uh, named countless examples in different areas, like, for example, um, uh, the linguistic minority of Afrikaans speakers. And like everyone knows, the majority of Afrikaans speakers aren't even white. So and then, for example, the the damaging or destruction of uh, minority groups as monuments or statues. Um, the anti-Western conspiracy theories of the ANC, um, the, uh, for example, the denial of uh, certain problems happening in South Africa, like, for example, farm murders, the uh, faceting out of Afrikaans from public education. And this is a very interesting one because here the agenda is kind of revealed. Where, so the ANC's big, big narrative is no Afrikaans needs to be faceted out from public education. We can't have it. We need to be inclusive for everyone. It's like, okay, fine. You can do that, but we're going to go build our own 
we're going to uh, we're going to build our own university yeah. but we're going to use it with our own money we're not going to use state money nothing okay, nothing okay. we're uh-huh. just going to use our own money and go build it over there in this corner you're not going to see us or not have to interact with us we will just be there and we just want to um have our own university where we can study on our language oh no no you can't do that like that, that <laughs> wow. is also not the uh, sufi comes out and says no this is this is what the apartheid government did and you are separating yourselves I'm like well but we're not welcome in the public universities we are saying that you we are not allowed to study in our language we know that if you if you don't have the option to study in your mother tongue firstly it's going to damage your cultural community and the the uh, preservation of your culture and language and secondly people learn better in their mother tongue mm-hmm. i mean even me sitting here i'm thinking in afrikaans and translating it while i'm talking i would assume that when you're when you're just alone and thinking you're thinking in your mother tongue yeah, not yeah, English. Yeah. and that's the thing uh, you can't take a, a, a young person and now try to teach them abstract things like mathematics and physics and whatever or biology or chemistry and they don't even and they have to learn it from a book that's written in a language that they said that's their second language yeah mathematics chemistry and physics is hard enough in your home language yeah, exactly. and so now you have to learn all these weird abstract concepts and it's not even in a language that you know that's the one thing that i think a lot of south african cultures can actually take from the afrikaner or the afrikaans speaking culture or the mm-hmm. afrikaans language is that they took a language that was only born in 1925 or officially recognized as a language in 1925 up to the level of an academic language within less than 100 years and yeah. i think only three languages have done that and that's hebrew Afrikaans and one other one English and yeah oh. no, no, in terms of within the last oh, 100 years last 100 years oh, okay. from being recognized as an official language and getting up to the highest oh, yeah. accolade of like advanced an okay. advanced Academia. language that mm. has academic terms within it mm-hmm. and this is what I want this is when to get back to the idea of culture this is what I want to see in South Africa I want to see the preservation of the different languages of South Africa. I don't believe in the idealistic vision that we the only way to solve our problems is to become one colorless cultureless mass okay. yeah. of nothing. Um, that if you uh, compare cultures to colors, I mean isn't that what a rainbow is? A rainbow is a collection of colors, it's not just one gray yeah. stripe. Yeah. The rainbow nation gets its identity from its diversity, not from mm-hmm. everyone just thinking the same and doing the same and speaking the same language. That's boring. I don't want to live yeah. in that world. Yeah. And but that's the thing is that that's what I want to see is I want to see cultural preservation. I want to see the Vendas and the Kozas and the Zulus and the Afrikaners be preserving their cultures in the 21st century. And in 100 years time I want to see all these cultures still exist. I don't yeah, want to course. see them in culturally impoverished. Yes, yes. Where now they've all just adopted English and they all just act like what they see in the movies and oh. they just imitate foreign countries and they're not their own thing anymore. And okay. then you get this identity crisis, which which I think is much more dangerous than a lot of people think. Yeah. I think a a, a culture a crisis of identity is something that would destroy many South African communities yeah. where people don't know who they are where they come from because they they don't have anything. Yeah, especially young people as mm. well. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's quite difficult when you're from the city, born in the city, mm-hmm. raised in right. the city and you know, you have a name, you have a surname and you have a uh, certain culture you've been living but you don't necessarily you know, you hear these kids saying that they don't necessarily have any connection to their culture. Mm. And then after that, you can see how, you know, 
however you think of it like yeah. you can see how they sway away from you know um their cultures and how bad their life gets and stuff like that they don't necessarily know what their origins are it gets really bad for these young kids mm. so essentially what you want to do is in um bring to the fore you know young people and these uh, the preservation of culture so young people can actually have a home and incentivize and, and encourage it yeah, yeah incentivize yeah. and also you know develop it as well you know mm. at the end of the day culture started you know zulu culture started 400 years ago yeah. um and then after that you know we can it, it can still develop mm. as time goes on and so you know when you culturally impoverished it's hard for you to ve- develop something you don't even know mm. you know what i mean so, and you have this void of identity where you're nothing like, what mm-hmm. are you oh, i'm a english-speaking south african I was like, well that's not mm-hmm. very much a yeah very, sort of very much. big well, identity yeah. english people english white people i don't know <laughs> do they have identity no, offense, I, no, no, no actually i on that topic that's a very interesting question i, re- I read a book um, by alistair sparks um the mind of south africa where it's the complete history of south africa like contemporary history of south africa i think for the past of the previous 500 or so years mm-hmm. and he speaks about every every chapter is dedicated to one group in south africa one chapter is dedicated to the colored people one group to the zulu people one to the africana people and he, he tells their story from beginning till now and how mm-hmm. they became what they are and he is an english white speaking south african and he says i do not have an identity i'm the Afrikaners can have a name for themselves. They have a language that they speak that's spoken nowhere else. They have something. They have a cultural community. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my Zulu friends have a name for themselves. They have a language that they speak. They have traditions that they do. Me as an English-speaking white South African do, does not have any type of identity, he said. And he said that's why it is so easy for, for them to immigrate because they, well, maybe I should actually go back a bit. Okay. He, he says he he understood the the anxiety that you saw within Afrikaners before 1994. The the type of like what's going to happen next? Is our culture going to be threatened? Is our minority us being a minority? Is it going to be a, a threatening transition for us? Mm-hmm. And he said he understood it because him as a English speaking South African, if the 1994 gamble didn't pay off, he could go to Australia, he could go to America, UK, and it would be a culture that is pretty much his. They speak yeah. his language, yeah. they have his cultural traditions. He's pretty much fulfilling immediately. Yeah. The Afrikaners did not have that. If the 1994 gamble does not pay off, their culture is dead. Their culture will die a very slow death, death and yeah. they will, well, it will be an incredibly uphill battle. And he pretty much explains, well, that's why there was this big, or not pushback, but caution and worry and uh, uh, anxiety within the Africana community about what what now, what next, and okay. not within the, the white English-speaking community so much. Mm-hmm. And just to tie that, that then back, that is where culture comes in. That was a cultural anxiety that you saw there with Afrikaners or Boers or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call us. And something that, for example, English-speaking South Africans didn't have that anxiety because if it doesn't work out, they'll just immigrate to a, an English-speaking country and will be like their home. They'll, and, they yeah. won't be able to bry as nicely as they could or they <laughs> won't see an African sunset or visit <laughs> Kruger National yeah. Park. But I think those are things that they can live without. They can live yeah. without, yeah. But ask an Afrikaans person, how would it feel not being able to speak your home language anymore or Sucks. doing your cultural practices or your traditions with your community or people around you or not being able to speak see uh going to a church of your culture and they would say no that would be a, a disaster yeah. for my identity or for me as a person and that's mm-hmm. the big difference where culture yeah is. so yeah like it's mm-hmm. you know with the with these cultures especially like the the africanas and um 
well, essentially the English speaking as well. Like yeah. you can see how much they've, they, so many of them, like you said, the Afrikaners are really rooted in South Africa, yeah. in Africa. They're Africans in their own way. Of course, they they have, have their own cultures and mm. stuff like that. You cannot go anywhere else and find mm. an Africana. Mm. And you can easily go to, you know, England, uh, Australia, US, and find English speaking mm. uh, liberals or whatever they call. Mm. So my my question is, why is there so much, um, why is there so much love for the English language or for the English culture in, you know, in South Africa? Mm. And Hmm, good question. Uh, yeah, no, I would th- I would not say it's a love. I would rather say it's a, a pragmatism where it's the easiest language to learn in South Africa, seeing as on the radio you hear English, on the TV you hear English, uh, every movie you watch is in English, every mm-hmm. book you read is mm-hmm. in English, or 99% of them. So it's a very easy language to pick up. And a lot of, and I can speak from experience as an Afrikaner, a lot of South Africans, specifically Afrikaners, and I think a lot of, uh, of the black cultures as yeah. well, have been fooled into this thinking that English is the key to success. If your yeah. child can speak mm. nice, very like refined English, English he's yeah. gonna be successful. He's going to be yeah, a, yeah. a businessman or yeah. a CEO or whatever. Oh, yeah. And because they see all these successful people can speak very nice English. They mm-hmm. don't speak Zulu or Afrikaans mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Afrikan, Afrikaner families send their children to English English schools, uh, and I've, I know a lot of uh, colored and black families that also send their yeah, children yeah, to English yeah. schools specifically so that they can learn English because they think it's the key to mm-hmm. success rather oh. than actually realizing that it's not the English, but rather the the, the ambition or entrepreneurship yeah, yeah, or yeah. using the free market, starting a business, working hard, oh, yeah, those yeah, types yeah. of values that make you successful rather than how nicely you can speak English. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I've met a lot of very successful people that, whose English is very bad. Yeah, I think that's rather than a love, it's rather mm-hmm. the misconception that's been sold to them. It's the same with degrees. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in the Afrikaner community, it's a big problem where they believe oh, that even, if you yeah. have a degree, you'll be successful. If that degree is in feminist underwater mm-hmm. dance therapy, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. You will get a job and you will be successful, yeah. which is definitely not. So <laughs> Afrikaners have black problems. <laughs> it's the same everywhere, bro. Same with us, man. Like, and for us, it's, um, it's us, it's worse. It's like if you're around white people, if you're around mm. Afrikaners, you're around English people, you know, there's some sign of success. Mm. And that's a lot of what black people think. If you're around, yeah yeah if you're around black if you're around white some of it will rub off yeah some of it rub off yeah. you start learning english you start <laughs> you start having cigars you start <laughs> drinking the whiskey start using these high vocabulary yeah exactly uh, start driving the pm exactly you see like you know it's that misconception mm. of thinking that just because you're around a certain group of people you'll be successful mm. and everything but it's all on you at the end of the day you gotta push mm. and you gotta mm. learn and um so so my my, my and the thing is that also, like like you say, with culture and uh, uh, cultural poverty, is that mm. it's so it's worse. It's worse now because the economy is not growing. Because yes. if the economy was growing at like eight, ten percent, exactly, each culture could you know grow in, in their own different way. But it all will be successful because the economy is growing. Mm. There's a lot more businesses. Whether it be a Zulu business or yeah. Afrikaner kind of business, doesn't really matter. Yeah, if the economy is doing well, they would be able to stay in their hometown. Exactly. And do you don't even need to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't even need to move from the Cape or yeah. from um, you know Ganga yeah. or wherever yeah. you are yeah. as a rural as a rural South African, you'd mm. actually be able to move around. You actually be able to stay there and yeah. you know contribute to um, t- to the culture. So mm. I wanted to know how how best is it now? With you guys are going now to various countries with this report. Mm. Do you think that um, 
firstly, what is the response? Have you guys yeah. gotten into touch with these people and asked them, you know? So uh, in terms of, yes, we've gotten a very big, this is not our first tour to America, this is our second one. And we, no, this is our third one. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a really big response from people that are curious about what's happening in South Africa. They've read the report and are very, want to talk to us about it. But it's, uh, the thing that happens here is that I can't unfortunately not tell you who we've uh, contacted course, yeah. yet because okay, last yeah. time uh, we did tell people who we were meeting and then uh, you got canned. people within South Africa tried to cancel it and call those people and say you're talking to far right or white supremacist people and yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah you're gonna have to see who we talk to but it's we've got a big response so far and it's not about like for example the people say about how oh, you're just bad mouthing South Africans like no this, what you're seeing here is someone criticizing something that they love, something that they don't want to see destroyed. I don't mm. want to see South Africa destroyed mm. by EWC or the NHI or our dubious dealings with China or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to see a prosperous South Africa, not just for me, but for everyone around yeah. me. Yeah. And, and also, like, you know, you can't say that you're not blind to the fact that, you know, South Africa is in a bad state. So yes. you see, yeah. Yeah. like, you know, we do all the help we can yeah. get. Yeah. And that's the thing, when people say, uh, no, you shouldn't be uh, talking bad about South Africa. It's like, yes, you're a very loyal, uh, loyal citizen to the government. I think you'd fit in about 50 years back in South Africa, you'd still fit in perfectly. That's exactly. the type of yeah. citizen the government wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything mm. is perfect, everything is fine. Uh, I can't eat the plastic fruit in the, in the, <laughs> in the shops, but it, it yeah. looks nice. It looks nice. <laughs> So yeah, that's the thing. Like it doesn't work if you keep on, you know, denying the facts that mm. you know South Africa is in a bad state and thirty percent unemployment. You know, um, EWC on the horizon. And I want to. I, I would rather tell the world an uncomfortable lie than a, a comforting truth. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Central exactly. issue. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So now my these institutions. You say you're gonna go to obviously mm. the Americas and them. But with some of the institutions, do you think that you're gonna get the reaction that you can, you will get, that you're hoping to get, like from the UN? The UN is very much mm. uh, SJW type now. <laughs> like it's not necessarily yeah. in the case. Yeah, man. But it's, and you know. Yeah. So we are using the UN avenue because we haven't tried it yet, uh, not in a very large scale. So mm. this is the official avenue that you try. So we we are going to try the official ways first of uh, trying to enact change or pressure from from yeah. international bodies. Mm-hmm. If they don't respond to us or if they tell us to go fly, then we will try other avenues and talk yeah. to other people. Okay. But we firstly want to try like the mainstream main mm-hmm. like usual, usual pathways like and see if we get any response. Because that's how we want to solve problems. We want to solve problems in ways that are pretty much uh, organizations or bodies that function as they are supposed to. Mm-hmm. Not going on the premise that these bodies have been captured or are too ideologically mm-hmm. possessed to want to help us. We mm-hmm. want to kind of believe that they firstly want, or let's try to at least take, uh, see if we can uh, get changed through those types of avenues. And if we don't, we'll see where we go from there. But in terms of America specifically, um, yes, we're talking, we're going to talk to a lot of like organizations and think tanks and stuff, but it's mostly to just spread awareness that the average yeah. American just knows a little bit more about what's going on here. Not, mm-hmm. They don't have to be an expert on South African policy or South African politics. I mean, I'm not even an expert yeah. on South African <laughs> politics, but just, Basic things. Know what is the NHI? What does EWC entail? What is the government saying about uh, mm, EWC? Mm, mm. Um, what are the big issues facing South Africa at the moment? Um, I don't want an American to think that if you ask the average American what is the biggest problem in South Africa, they say, oh, um, social justice or racism or bigotry yeah. or something like that. I want them to be able to point to the real issues, crime, 
education, jobs. Mm-hmm. That those are the things that they need to be able to point to. And just being able to educate people on basic things like that, I think will already go a long way to enacting positive change. Okay, okay. And okay. so now, how long is this gonna, the tour going to be? Uh, two weeks, from the 18th of February to the 4th Wait, of You're going to go around the world in two weeks? No, not the whole world, oh. just the US. <laughs> oh, okay. The, oh, okay, the okay, other okay. countries we're going to do somewhere else, we still have to organize those trips. Okay, uh, okay, but okay. They're pretty much just potential trips that we're thinking about. Uh, trying oh, to okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay, okay. But yeah. the US one is locked in for February. Oh, for February, yeah. okay, okay. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what... Like, I'm, I'm just trying to check my topic yeah, list yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, just, um, just out of curiosity, where are we standing on time so I can know what else I can fit in? <laughs> we, got, we got 22 minutes left, guys. All right, excellent. So, I don't know. Is there, big thing happened this week. Is there anything you want to talk about first? Um, well, we, let's, let's get, uh, get out of here, out of the way. Okay, no, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, so, this week, um, okay, so. so yeah, let's say we should have a rundown of things that happened mm. this week. So, so yeah. The first one I want to just talk about is uh, the whole Trump impeachment thingy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Failure. Big failure. And you saw... Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. I, I'm sorry, guys. If you thought that Trump was actually going to get impeached... You've been lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it means that your uh, view on American politics is out of order and you need to stop watching CNN and, and start watching alternative media. from three South Africans exactly. that don't even live in the US. Exactly. How could they... Like, I remember, like, some guys are like, yes, Trump is impeached. I'm like... Guys, the Senate is going to throw it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, man, well, we can hope. I was like, what do you mean you can hope? Like, <laughs> the Senate is majority Republican. Do you think yeah. they're going to impeach their own president for something that he might have done? Yeah. Like, come on, come man. On. Like, it, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's but ridiculous. It's, yeah, it, but it's sad to see the amount of people that have been indoctrinated into this point where they think that these types of things can happen, where the president of the United States can just be impeached on something so minor something so vague or for example the people that said um uh brexit is going to be cancelled it's not going to happen (laughs) well these things like that where or they say that uh in the next election trump is going to be destroyed by the democrats no i can't i'm not going to bet money on it Mm -hmm. anything can happen i mean 2016 told me that money on any political dark horse or whatever sure. you, you never know if I, we could end up with president uh, bernie sanders for all we know <laughs> which seems uh, not the president but being the democrat nominee seems more likely now seeing is that he ended up top at the iowa caucus now last week or okay was it uh-huh. last week or this week yeah um so the first state that voted for the, the where the democrats vote for their nominee first state picked bernie so that's okay. a very big development now mm. um i think, I think trump, I, will have, trump will have him yeah i think trump i don't think the average american is going to be very fond of a person that openly labels them as a socialist he might be very popular in california and new york but yeah. in the middle flyover states of america that's still a very taboo word so i don't think uh, i wouldn't be as optimistic as the democrats but yeah Okay, and then it's a le- also it's a lesson to yeah. you know uh, political parties in South Africa who mm. who I wouldn't say you are right wing, but you lean on the right, mm. such as the DA, ZACP, mm. uh, <laughs> those, <type of laughs> those type of parties. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, firstly, you know, the electorate does not understand things like socialism and all that stuff. No. So get that stuff out of the way. Yeah. Speak to the things that they really care about, like mm-hmm. you listed earlier. You know, jobs, crime, stuff like that. Yeah. Come up with great policies in which are yeah. uh, truly South African, firstly, but also so someone that can relate to. Mm. You know, if you want them to find a political mm-hmm. home, you need to be able to relate to your electorate. 
And I think that it's a completely different topic, but I think that in the end, in terms of just perception is where Musi Maimane failed, is he didn't yeah. connect with that average like rural South African. Mm-hmm. He was this polished politician guy, Dude, yeah. very nicely spoken, spoke with an English accent almost. Yeah. Like he looked like a businessman. He, he didn't look like that guy you know that yeah. lives down the street. And he was like on the ANC's dick. Like, yeah. Dude, you yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he kept on praising the ANC, but you were yeah. a leader of the opposition. Well, yeah. like the history of the ANC, but you're the leader of the opposition. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No, his wife so, under the bus as well. And in man. the end, not just in South Africa, but across the world, perception plays a big role. Yeah. That's why I think you made a very good point there in terms of you need to have that image of I'm the, the normal guy, I'm someone you know. Yeah. Like, And I think to his credit, that's something that Jacob Zuma did very well. Yeah, Jacob yeah. Zuma could appeal to those, to, to the, the real exactly. normal rural exactly. person and say, hey, I'm that uncle you know, or the, I'm that yeah, guy that I'm lives the on the block over there. Right you know me, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know me in your personal life and I'm just a regular guy. And people, you could do yeah. that. And people cry that, you know, remember the time when you made that comment about clever packs and stuff yeah. like that? That really resonated with a lot of people in rural yeah. areas yeah. because yeah. rural people are really, they feel insulted when every single time they have to vote for someone like Muti Maimani yeah. or Sir or Apostle. Yeah. They don't see no relation to that guy. Yeah. and. For someone like Zuma to really work on that type mm. of, you know, work on that agenda, yeah. it mm. really helped them because it was like, bro, I understand what you do. I hate it mm. when these these HJWs or these city mm. boys come here and tell me how am I must love and stuff like that, yeah. and insult my intelligence and stuff yeah. like that. And so that's the most important thing that these parties need to learn, especially mm. from Trump as well. Trump, yeah. Trump oh, speaks Trump. to the normal yeah, person. Exactly. Trump says some dumbass shit, but like, yeah. you know, but he, but he doesn't use terms like geopolitical. Yeah, or like he, yeah. <laughs> yeah bro. I think what worked for him was that he didn't come off as this elitist, even though he was a yeah. billionaire. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he said what had to be said. And he spoke to the American in, exactly. in, in, in the, in the yeah. middle states. The best yeah. way to yeah. sum that up is I remember from 2016, there was a case where before he was even the Republican nominee, he went to do a speech in one of these like really rural states. And he literally did a speech in a junkyard, like in a junkyard oh. where people work. And the American media took a picture of him with the junkyard in the background and they said, Trump amongst the garbage where he belongs. And I was like, you, you know, you're calling these people garbage. Exactly. Like the people exactly. living yeah. in the state, you're calling them garbage. Yeah. And they're going to read yeah. it like that. Did you yeah. see that advert? The advert yeah, with Don Sour Lemon, yes. Yeah, yeah. we kept on laughing at the very, you know, the mocking of someone from yeah. middle America. It's just, yeah. it's, it's appalling. And time. I was like, you guys are just saying, okay. But it's the same in South win. Africa, is that I think South Africa also has flyover mm-hmm. states. Yeah. Where you have these rural communities that are completely disconnected from the, the elite political class that have problems that are never exactly. addressed. Mm-hmm. And well, people I'm, think that South Africa is Joburg, yeah. uh, Cape Town. You know what? The, and that's I once, an issue. I once talked to a girl from, from Durban. She came from one of those like rich suburbs and she told me, and it's a black girl. And she said, I've never met an ANC voter in my life. Where are they? And I'm like, well, you've never been to rural South Africa. Sure. And this is what's well i'm very fortunate to have had a, a a father that went out of his way to when we went on holiday we drove through yeah, the most rural, rural areas, areas we could we said this is the country you live in you don't live in cape town or mm-hmm. joburg yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. this, we, is, this is where the majority of this country's people live and for perspective really gives you perspectives when you drive there and you just see houses as far as you can see you don't Dude. see the end of it it's not like a city where everything is in a grid it's yeah. just People just, just living yeah, everywhere. Just, yeah. Every yeah. hilltop is covered in houses. Yeah. And then you realize all these people vote, all these people want a job or work somewhere. Mm-hmm. All these people have needs, all these people have dreams or goals that they want to achieve. Exactly. Yeah. And they're going to influence your politics. And mm-hmm. 
And the most, the, no offense to them, the, mo, the most simplest, not in the sense of like, you know, intelligence wise, but like, you know, they just want the basic things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I just want a job, I just want to be able to help my family. I don't want to be affected by crime. I don't want to be affected by crime. Like, yeah. mostly, I don't care what exactly. feminist theory is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you have someone like Mushima, <laughs> then you have Mushima Amane come and talk about pan Africanism. I'm like, like dude, uh, like, talk dude. to some guy in the trans guy about pan Africanism. He's like, what, what right. are you talking you know, about? You know, I was xenophobic. They just want to Exactly. Black South Africans are. Pan African, a guy from thingy, like from Mozambique. No, they must go back. Uh, like back. It's, it's, a, it's, it's really annoying where we yeah. see, especially even on the media, where they speak in these lang, in these ways yeah. in which I don't even understand. Where these academic terms. Yeah, these academic terms. they want to smell smart. They want to sound like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I went I to like university and yeah. I learned all these smart you terms. You should be like me. Yeah. You should be like me. <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to do man. feminist dance theory. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that stuff. I just want to get an engineering job. I just want to get a legal job. Exactly. Not Whatever. even just an engineering job. I just want a job. Yeah, like, yeah. It could be anything. I just want to be business in which yeah. I don't even need to, you know, go to the city. Yeah. I can yeah. just, you know, service the people around me. Yeah. So that's, all, I just want the basic things in life. Yeah. And that's where that. that disconnect comes from. And I don't, that's why I'm saying, I don't think it's just an American thing. And now you can see it with Brexit as well. The yeah. vast majority of working class people supporting Brexit, because they have mm-hmm. to live in the communities where, for example, as you said earlier, Dumo, where all these immigrants move in and affect yeah. the, the fabric of their community. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. The, uh, the lessening of their mm, job mm, opportunities. Mm. It's not the the elites that live in the in the uh, gated communities that mm. are affected by it. It's the normal yeah. pur- pur- people mm-hmm. that are affected by it. And in South Africa, it's exactly the same. Where you have this disconnect between the elite po- political class and the average course, South African yeah. living there in the Transkei or living there in a rural free state or rural oh, yeah, Northern Cape. Northern Cape yeah. Where they don't care about what the street name is that they beg on. They Dude. don't care about the street, what the name of the street is that they sit on every day because they're unemployed. Mm-hmm. They couldn't they care less. They don't care about the political leader that's the president, whether he's exactly. white or black, yeah. he's African, he's, he's yeah. Zulu, it doesn't really matter. Like, can you just- They want to get the basics the right basic first. things yeah. for me and then I'll be fine. Yeah. That's all. You know what I mean? yeah, they don't yeah. want to live a life that has a time horizon of one month. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we should, <laughs> this is a lesson. <laughs> it's a big lesson. Yeah. Um, okay, um, one thing we didn't talk about, I think mm. we, okay, one thing we wanted to talk about was mm. the pension funds and it was a get out of here for last week. Mm. I don't know if I stole your get out of here, I'm sorry. But no, you, no, it's you fine. No, 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 that's okay. not my get out of okay, here. Okay, that's fine, okay, yeah. Okay, so pension funds. What do you think about these unions vouching for pension funds? Apparently, Pravin Gordon uh, supports it, and I yeah, think well, Ramaphosa supports it. Well, as well. Pravin Gordon is a, a devout, like an admitted communist. Yeah. So. yeah, he's a commie, man. Just yeah. like a straight up commie. And it's not even just commie in the American sense, where you just call someone the left a commie. Yeah. This guy calls himself a commie. Yeah, he loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo. now, man, it, like for me, I think it's disastrous. Hey, like. Mm. Uh, I think we, we had Pumlani last week mm-hmm. and um, and I was saying that the guys are going to suffer the most are the ones that are saving their pensions. Yeah. The responsible people. And, 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 and you know, someone had the audacity to say, no, it's an investment. I'm like, brah, eh, eh, these guys this are losing. what the Soviet Union did. Exactly. <laughs> For, like, you are throwing and money into a out. toilet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dude, you're, like that's you're just throwing thing. money to the toilet and just flushing it. That's all yeah. you are doing. You're not investing nothing. Just a, just a little uh, trivial thing to add to it. A uh, little fact is like something I've always find so irritating about foreign and political analysts, especially on the right when they look yeah. at South Africa, they say apartheid was this capitalist utopia and this capitalist system was destroyed yeah. by communism. Like, no, it was yeah. absolutely not. 
if you look at the apartheid, the economic policies of apartheid, it was a pretty clear-cut state centralization. Yeah, yeah, very socialist. It wasn't yeah. everyone could just have a free market, and it was it was the government. There was it, majority of the SOEs we have today were founded under yeah, apartheid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. After actually, you created that. The SOEs now yeah. were created in 19, after 1994. Exactly. They all come from uh, the yeah. pre-1994 stage, and that's a lot of us, like 700. So, so why don't they decolonize them and get rid of them? Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's how you can win the decolonization him. debate. Eh? And, and, and also in the apartheid times that we had many instances or periods in which we had low, uh, high unemployment rates. Yeah. We had vi- violence. And mm. also we had um, socialist policies like yeah. King's EWC. So yeah. like it's not, you're creating the same problems as the as the previous regime yeah. that you're doing now. But back to these uh, these Kosatu guys. Mm. They have no, from now on, they have no right to say to us that uh, capitalists make profits just to make profits. <laughs> you guys are the worst of the. You like you're the you're the scams of the earth. You're taking your own your own uh, members' uh, money and you're flushing it in the, in, into a company that cannot even make a profit. How is that possible? What investment is that? How, tell me how. What's the business case for flushing 230 billion rand into mm. ESCOM? What is it? Just create another. Just just allow anyone else to uh, to create electricity. Mm. You don't have to uh, live rely on um, on, mm. on ESCOM, but mm. also, did you see the, the 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 conditions in which they want uh, that that they gave to ESCOM in which the, the um, in which they would allow the two hundred thirty billion? Most of them are essentially save my job. Yeah. Long yeah. I'm good. As yeah. long as I'm good, yeah. Keep don't make, uh, put us on the board. Uh, don't, exactly. don't fire. Mm. It's like things that are impossible. You have to fire at least fifty percent of that workforce. Exactly. Yeah. They cannot afford it. You cannot put. I don't think there's any CEO that puts, you know, the cleaning lady on his board. No offense, but I'm not gonna put that lady. She's not necessarily. She doesn't have any expertise. You see, in that in in that sense. Okay, yeah, I can understand no, if I'll, you put. I can understand if you put. Um, a manager of a plant, a, a thing plant, mm. you know, and that's and then there's a committee, like subcommittees underneath. Mm. But on the board, it should be people who are necessarily the the, the directors and people that are putting their money yeah. and they and they. No, and it's they, mm-hmm. it's and they such steals. a bizarre idea because I'm just imagining like this janitor sitting there at the table, and then the CEO is like, "How are we going to value this stock?" And he points to all these graphs, and this <laughs> guy is just sitting there, he's like, "I have no idea." Yeah, I just I just, I just clean like the floors, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like, just work here, man. That's yeah. it. I don't know anything, dude. I, I think the the reason why they want that um, is because, and I'm not and I'm not trying to be sympathetic here. But I think it's because of the fact that um, the guys who want to be on the board just want to say, hey, I'm on the board. Mm. It, it, and, it, you know, it's like, you know, it's like... That, yeah, it's a typical political move where a lot yeah. of uh, politically connected people just sit on a board and they earn yeah. salary. And they don't they do anything. Don't, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. look out for themselves. And that's how it works. It always works like that. But it's, it's just this whole idea. And did you hear that at NetLag, which is also another elitist uh, mm-hmm. forum in which you have unions, business leaders and government yeah. all coming together on discussions of various things. Mm. But they all agreed that, okay, yes, we can plunk we can plunge all this 30, 230 billion into ESCOM. Mm. Let's just think about how much these big, these business leaders have sold us out. Mm. When you talk about EWC, you can now you understand as to why 
banks are like, nah, don't worry, man. You'll be fine. We'll, we'll get our money back. Nothing will happen. It's just, it's lack of, you know, this lack of consequences that go through their minds, like the lack of thinking that goes through their minds. And like you said, the very people that are going to suffer, the poor people, the people at the yeah. bottom. It's always no them. People, yeah. them. It's always them. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. All right. Um, okay, Zuzo, it's a get out of here part of the show. Mm-hmm. So yes, what you want to say? We have a segment called "Get Out of Here." I forgot to tell you about it, but nonetheless, uh, you just have to say anything that that you heard this week that was just crazy, ridiculous. How could you come up with that type of uh, slogan, or how could you say that? All types of nonsense. Oh well, yeah. uh, the first thing I think about is something I read just this morning when I drove here, and that mm-hmm. was uh, Musima Amane on Twitter being very upset that he was referred to by I think the Sunday Times as the former DA leader. He's like, I'm not. My name is not the former DA leader. My name is Musima Amane. <laughs> but did you are a <laughs> <It's> former <factual. laughs> But you are. And yo, one of the one of the pr- replies was very funny. There's one guy. He says, um, "Don't worry, Musi. They're just reminding everyone about who you are." Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have any more? Do you, do you uh, yes, man. Well, maybe you guys. Yeah, you, you can all think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, for me, one of them was um, <laughs> the public, Department of Public Enterprises and the, and the president saying that they disagree with the business risk practitioners' uh, decision to cut the roots some of the roots that are unprofitable oh. for SAA. And I'm like, Dog, Good why did you even, then why did you uh, hire a business rescue practitioner in the first place? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's going to your guys' mind? You guys like just playing around with your, like you guys don't think, like you guys, there's no discussion between you. This is a, a clear indication that government mm. is in its own world. It's in its own fairy tale, fairy tale mm. world. It doesn't. It doesn't even speak to each other. Mm. They don't understand business. They just wow. They're just throwing money at anything that they can get. <laughs> but also, like, dude, you, you have to close those routes. Yeah. Like, have you see some of the pictures on online where there's nobody in the place? Yeah, there's no one. <laughs> I mean, we saw the one move, the one from last week. Yeah. Business class was empty. It's just empty. <laughs> Economy, you know how big yeah. those planes are, guys? Ooh, I think yeah. it's like at least 200 passengers. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only like 20 in there. I, I would, I would, you know what I would yeah. do? I would just say, if that place, I was like, no, just leave the plane at the airport. Just put them on an Emirates or something, yeah. bruh. Like, no, you might as well. Some guy was like, you know what, that guy, let's actually book, uh, let's book some of these tickets so we can have a private jet experience. <laughs> <laughs> Pilot puts it on the pilot controls there with you. And we can just lie down anyway. I remember, <laughs> I, I remember when I was when I went on a, a SAA flight back mm. in the day when I still used to work for them, right? Mm. Going to Cape Town. And it, it was like it was like those, those 12 o'clock flight, like no one was on it. Yeah. Right? You know what I like they even the even the flight attendant was like, yeah, you know, if you wanna, you know, take two seats, no problem. Yeah, yeah I lifted up those things, put it in. <laughs> Nicely, bro. It was so hey, awesome, bro. Dude. I lie. <laughs> and now they're all complaining that you know they should have been told and uh, they should have been uh, considered the decision. They should have been considered in it. And I'm just like, either way, bro, you still have to close the route. So it doesn't really necessarily mean exactly if you were in the decision or not. Yeah. You have to close the route. It's unprofitable. Yeah. I mean, I want, what, what are they gonna say? But guys, we can't close it. And we as a government, we say no. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? 
Bruh, you're the reason why the end is made in the first place. Yeah. And she I want to make this mess. soundboard here with a bra button that yeah. you press. Yeah. Like, bruh, bruh. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta get that. Yeah, I'm just getting a soundboard. Just put it here. You put like just five or six, like just. Yeah, like, like, dude, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> dude. So, at another one, another kid okay, okay. for me is mm. uh, former uh, SAA, no, no, former IT at SARS, head of procurement. And she was like, um, she sees no conflict of interest. If one of the bidders, if one of the bidders paid for a property, she sees no conflict of interest. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, bruh. Like, <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> I saw it this morning on Twitter. Yo, yo, that was crazy. I'm, so I'm, I'm like, like oh, th- this is a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. She's actually joking with us. <laughs> Like she's actually just trolling us. She like is. she probably is. Like really. I've seen some things in South Africa that I I think it's very hard to be a satirist nowadays. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I think yeah. they're struggling, bro. Yeah. How do you how do you compete with reality? <laughs> <laughs> some of the journalists, my other get out of here is the journalist with answer roots. Yeah. We have the Google ones. Say Tabo Google, dog. Google. Like and the, other, the other one was that official uh, e card that was put out by the Department of Health that said don't worry, NHI will not be funded out of your own pocket. We will use taxpayer yes. money oh, to yeah, fund. That was just like, yo, 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 yo. yo. Wow. As, if, I mean, as if the tax money just falls yeah. out of the air somewhere. Right, dog. Like some investor who's giving like a trillion, a trillion, yeah. <laughs> a trillion and a half rand every oh. single year. Like, come on, dog. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, my get out of here is ESCOM. So the ESCOM spokesperson came out and said that they didn't audit. They said they have too many people working there. About, mm. I think it's bloated about 16,000. Guess what government says? Right. They, when they heard no. this, they're like, okay, don't touch them. That's it. Uh. That's government for you. This yeah. is the, 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 the level of foolishness. Here's your problem. Here. No, yeah. There it is. There's the problem. Yeah, yeah, you you got to get rid of these guys. No, no don't touch no, them. Don't touch you, know, them. you know what they rather say? Right. Focus on the power stations. <sighs> And that's the thing, like, as like much I'm, as I'm tired. <laughs> I think a lot of people are tired. It's like, <laughs> you can't even, you can't, like, it's, it, you know, you, you know, you reach that point where it's just it's like, like, oh. like, everybody knows, but they know this guy's just stubborn. There's, so, this, right? there's this one meme of like, it's from some, I think there's, it's from some type of documentary or film. It's just this Chinese guy, and the, the, the caption at the bottom is just, it's all so tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like, dog, like, what do you want? Like, that's, oh, that's my get out of here. Okay, guys, we got. Hey, it, it says okay. According to the clock, it's less than a minute. Uh-huh. But mm. I mean, uh, but look, yeah, we can just go. I just feel, you know. You I, know. I just want to. I, I want to wrap things up. Yeah, quickly. just wrap so, things up. Anything that you guys want to end off with? Uh, let's start. Who wants to start? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, is this the part where I where I advertise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> advertise <laughs> yourself. Make yourself look amazing. Okay, bro. so uh, just uh, <laughs> well, I think uh, the listeners of the the Man Patria podcast already know who I am or yeah. know where to find me but if you don't you can find me at uh, Conscious Caracal uh, on Twitter or YouTube I'm the guy with the, the Caracal as his profile picture mm-hmm. and uh, if you are interested in any of my opinion pieces you'll, you'll probably find them on Politics Web uh, where I write mm-hmm. under my own name Adams van Sale and um, yeah if you want to keep up to date with what's happening at AfriForum or our campaign now in the US uh, just Google um, 
the world must know Afri Forum. And you'll see uh, if you go to that page, you will find a link to the at the bottom of the page, a link to the PDF file of the report that we are going to publish. But yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really, really mm. interesting that chat. I enjoyed it. Fly flew by the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it goes by. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a shitty thing about having a podcast. Even if you like prior to this, um, some people were saying I should have it thirty minutes. Oh, we can't oh, hear yeah. it. Some people say that our podcast should only be 30 minutes. Ah, uh, no. They Guys, listen, no, listen to the first 30 minutes. It's impossible, that is. Exactly. <laughs> they can, but in fly, and, and the nice thing about it, they can listen to the first 30 minutes, stop, and then continue mm. from where they left oh, off. Yeah, like, That's so how I fun. listen to long, long form podcasts. Like when I listen to a Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan does four hour podcasts. Exactly. Yeah, like, and he's the biggest podcasting channel in the world. Yeah, exactly. So if, and I listen to his podcast, like when I drive, I listen 20 minutes. Next time I drive, I listen 30 yeah, minutes. Exactly. Or you know, he just listens to the clips. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just something I remembered now, yes. something I always say when I go on uh, mostly international podcasts and stuff mm -hmm. is that uh, don't just believe what I say, research what I say. So everything I said today or any claim that I made, go do your research for yourself. Don't think I'm some yeah. authority on anything. Uh, you can, I always encourage people to, to really go do the research for themselves. Because even the people that you trust the most or the authorities in certain fields that you think really have figured out how the world works and knows how the world works, they also make mistakes. They also yeah. sometimes quote wrong numbers of by course. mistake, not maliciously. So always double check, always go mm -hmm. check something. If someone, even uh, if some one of your favorite podcast hosts or someone says something and you're like, no, that doesn't sound right, go check it out. Maybe you'll be better for it in the end. And that's yeah. what I always say is rather mm -hmm. just make double sure and always do your own research. Don't just let other people think for you. Fair, fair. Yeah, fair, man. Um, just want to say thanks, Ernst, for coming on to the show. Uh, representative of Afri Forum. Mm. Um, please, when you go back to Afri Forum on Monday, tell Ernst Roots that he's covered our show. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do that, man. <laughs> tell Ernst Roots that. So, uh, and tell Kali, everyone. everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Some of us come to our show. Uh, but mm. really appreciate you coming to our show, just yeah. giving us your views and everything. Mm. Like you say, please research everything that he's spoken about. Please uh, read the... Um, Afri Forum of the World Must Know uh, reports mm. so that you guys can get an understanding of what the agenda and what they want to do. Um, but nonetheless, you know, uh, Afri Forum and people like Ernst, you know, they are people that we really need in this, in right now, in our, in our, in our space, you know, because mm. at the end of the day, they represent minority communities. And if you, if you guys, I don't know if you HJWs have a problem, but minor, there are a lot of minority communities in South Africa, whether uh, along racial lines or whether it be along mm. language, linguistic communities, mm. it doesn't even matter, even like ideologies, mm. everyone is a minority in some way or another. And um, these are the sorts of people that you need to uh, at least support, you know, at least listen to. Don't have to really support them, but I listen to because you know. And I also, um, I wish also mm -hmm. like you know, various other um, minority communities like the Zulu and stuff like that mm -hmm. could also come up with their own organizations. People that are to, uh, people that um, that can do the same thing for the Zulu clan or whatever mm -hmm. minority community. That's actually something I've seen Jimmy say as well on Twitter. Um, yeah. He's always talking about well, rather than attack Afri Forum, why don't we try and see where they are exactly. successful and emulate it? Yeah. That's something, like I said earlier in the podcast, something I would love to see. And I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm very hopeful that we will. Yes, um, exactly. I think it, it's it's the future. I think people mm -hmm. are going to rely less on politicians and more on yeah. communities. And that's how you preserve, you know, your cultures. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have people like Afri Forum who preserve Afrikaner and as mm -hmm. well as minority cultures, 
cultures yeah. across the South, across South Africa. You know that actually brings it uh, creates richness within our mm. within our society, creates much more dialogue. But if you're always gonna think from a you know from an academic point of view, from a PhD mm. level, you're always gonna be in your own box. Um, I was one of the mm. advocates who which I work with. You know, he always talks about. He says the one thing he hates is a professor of law. Which has a PhD because they don't know what the real world is. They don't actually understand how normal people have much more knowledge than you think they than you think they yeah, do. Yeah. So you need to be in contact with those people and you need to obviously you know get in touch with people like AfriForum. But there's many other uh, minority um, platforms. You know, with the Zulu Zulu people, we have a newspaper called Isolezwe. Uh, a lot of people uh, in Zulu in because you know, that's how my dad reads it. They all, you know, they all read that mm. stuff and you need to support those type of things. You know, those are cultures in which need support. Um, and this is how, this is where you actually um, provide much more, uh, provide uh, much more needed economic growth to people who support these small minority uh, platforms, mm. uh, you know, communities. You give them actually much more economic growth in which the government is obviously failing to do. So, nonetheless, that was my bit. But thank you guys for listening again. You always know where to find us. You always know what to do. Please, guys, follow us on the social media. Uh, please donate to Patreon. And please listen to various other channels as well that also um, speak about, you know, uh, free speech, um, human rights, free markets, all that stuff that South Africa currently needs. Um, right now, we always, you know, we always say we are conversational tool. We are a conversational platform. And we just want to hear people's views. So if you want to come onto the show, if you have different views, please tell us on our social media. We're not going to say no. We want more and more people to come on here. We're, and sooner or later, we want to have um, people in a hall and we can have debates, exactly. conversations, you know, from different sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can all have a discussion. That's the, setup. That's the very thing that South Africa is going to survive on. Mm-hmm. Dialogue and people from different parts of the world, different parts of the country having dialogue. So mm-hmm. please, guys, you know, promote that and please you know follow us and you know listen to our show man thanks guys all right and then for me yeah thanks Adams, for coming on much appreciated yeah um yeah guys and even you and Zeus as well because yeah you guys had to come from uh, very not very far away places but i mean yeah. the flooding and everything didn't work out so thanks for coming today, through yeah, yeah. And, and and load shedding hit me as well today yeah me as well <laughs> from half oh, eight yeah, yeah. i woke up to load shedding <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's our life for the yeah, next so, 18 months guys <laughs> it's the new normal now uh, yeah, it's gonna be you know <laughs> forever as yeah, long as yeah. ANC is in power that we, we, yeah. we might as well accept that yeah, yeah as long as the anc is in power there's going to be interruptions exactly <laughs> exactly and i'm so glad they didn't cut us off now like i'll just you know, you know, uh, crossing my fingers and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. For me, guys, as always, we always want to talk. You know, hit us up on social media. Everything is in the in the description box below. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you listen to this on SoundCloud, you'll also find it in the description box. Even Google Podcast, same thing. Iona FM, all of the platforms, you'll see it, and the links are all there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I want to say, guys. So, and I think I will see you next time. Yeah, cheers, man. everyone. Cheers, man, guys. Cheers, cheers. All right. Cheers. Have a good one.